Morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day <laughs> to all you fathers out there. All right. So uh, just a reminder that here at Ten Strike, we, have, uh, we don't pass the offering around. We have the boxes in the back, and I'm going to say a prayer for us um, over our giving, over our tithe offerings this morning. Um, but as I do that, uh, maybe we just kind of remember how blessed we are with our fathers around us, but also how blessed we are to have a heavenly father. Amen? <laughs> that um, just as we were singing over and over again this morning, it's very fitting, of course, that we were singing about the good, good God that we have and that we have a good, good father, right? Um, that he is a blessing giver, right? He is a good provider. Now, I was thinking about that this morning, that he's not just... Um, a God who just uh, gives us things or whatever just because he, he, he does like to give things to us because he likes to give things to us. But he doesn't give to us without being intentional about it, right? Knowing full well that it's not just something that we get and we said, oh, yeah, I got a nice gift. But we get something, we say, that, <laughs> that was from my father. And, and you see that and it represents that relationship, you know. So um, something to think about as um, maybe... Fathers out there contemplating themselves as fathers and saying to themselves, well, was I a good father, whatever. And I think um, the good father is saying to you, I am the good father to you, and I will empower you to do, even today, to be the father maybe you weren't, or maybe to continue to be the father that you are, right? Is to just be who I am, right? And to not worry so much about, did I do a good job or not? Because <laughs> we want to encourage you, you are doing a good job, and we love you. So, Father, we thank you for what you do give us and for the fathers that you give us and for the father that you are to us, that you are a blesser and a provider and that we lack for nothing in you, Jesus. And we just pray that we would realize that and see that in our daily lives this week and going out as we bless our fathers um, as they have blessed us, Jesus. In your name, amen. Thanks, Peter. Few announcements here today. Happy Father's Day again. I say to you all, fathers, um, there is a fellowship meal today after our service. Adon and Maria preparing and serving that. And then next Sunday, Gerald Durstein will be sharing a message with our congregation. And uh, he was telling us this last fall already, but I just received a letter from his son Phil. That he, that he said his father, Gerald, who's going to be 90 soon, has a, has a message burning in his heart, and it's a, it's a message for the church in this hour. And so if it's at all possible for you to be here to hear that message together, that would be great. Um, and just a, just a note there, we, we normally use the boxes for tithes and offerings, but that particular service, we will be passing the plate for Gerald and his wife Shirley will be here also. Uh, we're going to do that because we'd like to get a check for them ready to go after or before they leave the church house that day. So, and then Revive Minnesota, Kent was sharing about that with us last week. Um, the flyers. Arliss, you want to wave that? It's that, it's that flyer there. Oh, there's some more on the back. Oh, did I forget to put that on? I'm sorry. 
I'm not going to repeat, I think, most of you got what I said, hopefully. Oh, I just got so into the worship there that I just almost forget where I am sometimes. I mean, you know, I just... Um, okay, Revive Minnesota, July 13th through 18th, but there are things happening before that. In fact, this Thursday night, there's a come and see night, 6.30 at the First Baptist Church. Uh, there's going to be prayer for the Revive Minnesota event and also an explanation of what's going to be taking place. as this Thursday at the First Baptist Church in Bemidji. Um, our church is going to be responsible for two meals for the team that's coming from the cities and then uh, for a few other folks too. And uh, that will happen on Monday night at Mount Zion Church and then also on Wednesday noon here. And um, the one here at noon I think is pretty well covered on Wednesday. I'm not sure who all, but I think Julie and maybe some of the youth. I haven't, we haven't confirmed that yet, so I'm saying it a little tentatively. But, but if you could help, you know. Oh, what did I say, Friday? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. It's, it's Wednesday, not Friday. So, um, so, and then also you can check out, you go to Facebook, Revive Minnesota, and then the tab, Revive Headwaters. Revive Headwaters is what our, this one is going to be specifically called on that tab. And then we do have, Anthony, do we have that uh, video ready? We're going to be doing the baby bottle uh, launching today that we've done each year, and this tells about it, so we'll do that. And somebody hit some lights, maybe too. When a child is in need, we know that our churches will reach out and provide anything necessary. There is a genuine desire found in our Christian community to show the love of Christ, both in action and deed. But what of the needs we don't see? What of the children who are hidden in their mother's womb who need protection, support, and love? And what of the mothers themselves who have a desire for love, connection, and training, but do not have a relationship with our Christian community? These young women, the ones who are often at the fringes of our society, are who we serve. We provide guidance, love, support, training, and friendship. We extend the love of Christ and expect nothing in return. Our goal is simply to see God's wonderful saving work make a difference in these lives both now and in eternity. And we do so with practical, realistic, and responsible care. When a woman in a crisis pregnancy walks in our doors, we first provide her with a pregnancy test and guidance for her pregnancy. We offer hope in a time that can be overwhelming and provide a path forward that will help her see the possibilities of her future. If she chooses to parent, we offer classes and material support to help her become the mother she wants to be. If she chooses adoption, we will arrange for assistance in that process and help her work through the emotions of that decision. And if she chooses abortion, we are there afterward to talk and heal. No matter her decision, our love for her still flows from Christ, our source. Each woman who walks in our doors is special to us. We love her and her children, born and unborn. 
We are blessed to be used to reach out to those with hidden needs, and we are blessed to have supporters like you who make it possible. Today is the first day of the Bottle Fundraiser. It is a simple fundraiser that makes a massive difference in meeting those hidden needs in our community. If you would just take one of the bottles home with you today and fill it with coins, cash, or checks, and bring it back on collection day, you will be helping to reach the most vulnerable. A single bottle is not much, yet it is vital. Hundreds, if not thousands of Christians in our community come together during this time and add their prayers and funds through the bottle campaign. And it is because of these Christians, working in unity for those in need, that we are able to generously share Christ's love. Please take a bottle home today and return it on collection day. Your support makes all the difference. So we have the baby bottles on the, on the Welcome Center table in the foyer. And uh, you can bring them back anytime, but the final date for bringing them back will be the last Sunday of July. So uh, Northwoods Pregnancy Center in Bemidji is where the funds will be going to, and we're just thankful to be able to be a part of that, which we have for many years now. Just a brief update on our building fund report. Our projects are assigned, which we have a picture of here today. Um, but the giving keeps coming in. We're down 8,900-some left uh, from 35,000, so it's going great. But there's a picture. That's a Photoshop. It's not out there <laughs> already, but it almost looks that way, doesn't it? But uh, that gives an idea. And this is a reach-out thing. It's Yes, we let people know we're here, and actually, I believe we're going to be able to leave the the information on the bottom there that shows times of services, but then this other will be for reaching out, for bringing the word, for sharing Jesus in whatever ways, and uh, special events as well, sharing. So that's just a picture of that. Um... Hallelujah. On this Father's Day, we're going to continue in a series that we've been on about humble servant encouragers. And uh, Peter's going to be helping me again this morning with, with parts of it here. Thanks, Peter, for doing that. This series just seems like that's working out to do that well. And so but we could say as a summary for this message that we can serve and encourage people on we're thinking of children today as Father's Day, children by the words that we speak. Um, yesterday as I was working on final things with the message for today, uh, I took a break and uh, it was raining outside so I went on our treadmill in the house. Usually I just walk outside always. But Billy Brim's program was on, and her son Chip was on with her, and and he, he made a few comments that kind of stuck with me as I was on the treadmill, and I wrote them down when I got back to my iPad to keep working on the message. And uh, he said, uh, you don't have, he put the emphasis on have, you don't have to tithe. 
Then he said, you get to tithe. And then he said, you don't have to serve God, but you get to serve God. And then he quoted Isaiah 119. He says, if you are willing, obedient, and obedient, willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And then he, he said, God doesn't want a giver. He wants a cheerful giver. God doesn't want a servant. He wants a cheerful servant. Hallelujah. We can walk on in obedience to the Lord and eat the good of the land, he finished. And... Um, so I just wanted to share that with you because it just kind of flowed with what I was doing and putting down here. But on this Father's Day, we're so thankful for our loving Heavenly Father. On this Father's Day, we realize the power of a father's influence in the life of a child. And God tells us to diligently teach our children His ways by our example and by our words. Our kids, they watch us. And we could say grandkids or, you know, any, when I say fathers today, really it's any person in authority or, or whatever, uh, teachers and so forth. But our children hear what comes from our mouth and they watch how we live and they hear more of what we say than we might realize. And Peter, have you sure they're from Deuteronomy? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Okay. I have, this is talking about our kids and how they catch what we, who we are, I guess you might say. And um, Dan, Modri, could you turn the lights down? We're going to have a video here um, that I think really brings this across for us. So our kids, they see and they hear a lot. And when we talk about serving others, really that includes our children with our life, with our words, a few weeks ago, I quoted from St. Francis of Assisi, and I quoted this from him, from a letter he wrote, being the servant of all, I am bound to serve all and to administer the healing words of my Lord. You know, one way to serve others, including our children, and bring them encouragement and strengthening and even healing when needed is through speaking words that the Lord would speak. Speaking words that come from love, even when correcting. Correcting words should be sourced from love. Otherwise, it will be destructive rather than constructive. Spoken words have tremendous power and impact. They have power to tear down and they have power to build up. And on this Father's Day, some of us here can 
probably remember some specific words that our father spoke to us as we were growing up. Some of these words may have been destructive, but hopefully many of them built us up and encouraged us. But we are emphasizing today the power of a father's words. This is true, of course, of both parents, and it's true of grandparents, as I mentioned earlier, teachers, authority figures in a child's life. So is anyone, the power of words, so great in our lives, it can be. The Lord help us to speak words that bring life rather than death. And may our hearts be filled with your word and our minds with your thoughts so that what comes out of our mouth is not corrupt, but full of life. Amen? Luke 6, 45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Peter's going to read from Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. A fleshly, carnal, self-focused, or self-serving attitude leads to words that are corrupt. That is, words that bring death rather than life. Words that bring curse rather than blessing. They tear down. They bring discouragement and death rather than life. But thank God for words that we can speak. You know, when we're filled with God's word, that's what's going to come out with us. His life. His words are life. They bring life. And words that line up with the word bring life. Peter, servant's story we have here. All right, and this is from Shirley from North Carolina. My father, his car was old and worn, but it continued to travel between our neighborhood and the country church. His income was small, but every Sunday he made several trips, taking my friends and I to Sunday school and church. Dad always had an encouraging and uplifting word for each one of us. He was a friend to us, and he loved us with Christ's love. And he gave sacrificially. Now that I have grown, my father's actions and his words still encourage me to reach out to others with that same kind of caring. Our words are so powerful. They can affect someone for a lifetime. And little kids are so affected by what comes from our mouths as adults, as fathers. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Corrupt or death-filled words will bring a frown to a child's countenance, to most anyone's countenance. 
words filled with love and life will help a person, will help a child. They will help even a child, any person who has experienced hurt and defeat. And it will help to bring a rebound. Words can help someone rebound from the depths of despair. Loving, life-filled words will bring hope to the hopeless, to the downtrodden child or adult. But condemning, sarcastic, bitter, or angry words can bring a frown to a whole room of people, a whole family, a whole church, workplace, school, wherever. Those kind of words are the fruit of serving the flesh and the devil, not serving God. A loving focus that is centered on blessing other people will have the fruit of grace-filled words that encourage and build up those who hear them. These words bring blessing. These words bring life. These words bring a smile to a child or any person's life. And their countenance, their face will show it. Love-based words will bring a smile to a whole room of people. Even if their words are correction, you know the difference when, one, when, when someone's bringing a word of correction, if it's motivated from love or not. Pretty quick, pretty quick, you can tell. Love-based words will bring a smile to a whole family, to a whole church, to a whole workplace, to a school, whatever, to a team, worship team. It's just a joy to me on Sunday mornings to be here and hear the laughter, like I was here this morning again as the worship team was there, and the, the positive words coming forth in worship, but then the laughter, the joy, the smiles. It's a blessing. You worship teams, you are such a blessing to us. And I just got to say, the guys out in the sound booth too, you do not realize until you have been in there what the responsibility is back there. Let me tell you, I did one, one service this winter on the screen. Anthony, I'm so glad that you're back there <laughs> and whoever else helps. I mean, I just, oh, I was, I was so nerve. I mean, it was so nerve wracking for me in there. Thank you. So I just speak those words of life to you that thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you is a word of life. Thank you. Or even sometimes I'm sorry. Or yes, I love you. Um, lots of good words. Proverbs twenty-five, eleven: a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. And you know, we should think, say think. We should think before we speak words about something. We should think before we speak words about people. There's a think acrostic here 
Um, and we can say, do the words that I am about to speak concerning something or someone have these qualities? And not just one of them, but they should have all these qualities, okay? Think, T for true, are they true? H, are they helpful? Are they I, inspirational? Are they needful? Are they kind? Think, let's think before we say words. Sometimes we have that thing, we gotta give our commentary on everything. Sometimes it's best just to be slow to speak, quick to listen, amen? Hallelujah. See, our words, the words that we speak, they're like road signs in our life telling us and others where we're at. Did you know that you can tell how spiritually mature or immature someone is by how they talk? For instance, am I quick to complain about people or things? Do I often speak negatively and use words of doubt? Does that sound spiritually mature, that kind of stuff? Of course not. Or am I quick to compliment and speak positively about people and things, using words of faith? And as we said, even in correction, that it, it can be po brought positive. The Apostle Paul is often noted as in the things that he brought to the churches, it was like in a love sandwich. He would bring things that were hard to hear sometimes, but they were precluded and followed by love, words of love and affirmation. So what are the signposts of your life indicating today? Joyce Meyer quote here, if you don't like your life the way it is now, just remember, you talked yourself into it. And that's so true, the way we talk. We change the culture in our home, in our church, in our business. Right there. Cutting and condemning words produce a life of strife and discouragement. Cutting and condemning words are grievous to other people and to the Holy Spirit. When we speak negative words about God's creations, his people, it grieves God's spirit. Terribly. Well, let's look at Ephesians 4 scripture here again. The one we read earlier, this time from the voice translation. Peter? Don't let, don't let even one rotten word seep out of your mouths. Instead, offer only fresh words that build others up when they need it most. That way, your good words will communicate grace to those who hear them. It's time to stop bringing grief to God's Holy Spirit. You have been sealed with the Spirit, marked as His own for the day of rescue. Banish bitterness, rage, and anger, shouting and slander, and any and all malicious thoughts. These are poison. Instead, be kind and compassionate. 
Graciously forgive one another, just as God has forgiven you through the anointed, our liberating King. That's what the Bible says. When my desire, when any person's desire is to bless others, and we're thinking a lot of children today from fathers, but it can be mothers or whoever, with their words, we bring words of blessing and life and love, even in correction, because we do need to correct, don't we? The result is peace. It's going to be edification, building them up, progress. It'll even affect someone's health. And it can begin to turn dis-ease to health. Here's another servant story, Peter. And this is from a Paul in Kansas. After giving an announcement at an evening meeting at church, I planned to return home and go straight back to bed. The flu had completely sapped my energy. And while I was zipping my jacket to leave, Matthew approached me and he asked, Can I pray for you? Laying a hand on my shoulder, he had asked God to touch me from the top of my head to the bottom of the toes. Tomorrow, I believe... You'll be strong and in perfect health, he said. And the next morning, I woke up fully recovered. Matthew's faith-filled words and prayer led me to experience God's tender mercies and his healing power in a brand new way. Words of life spoken. Words of life. Words of deliverance. Words of health. Words of healing spoken over Someone makes such a difference. Hallelujah. We serve our Father God by serving the children he has given us by speaking words of life. Serving does not bring sadness, but rather gladness. Oh man, i got to serve again. I got to serve these kids, or I got whatever serve. It should be gladness. Scriptures don't tell us to serve the Lord with sadness, obviously. Psalm 100, verse 2, the first part says, Serve the Lord with gladness. And in the midst of gladness and joy, we can serve our kids, our children, and at the same time, we'll be teaching them to serve. And they can watch us as we serve others. Here's just a note. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy your grandkids right where they are at now in their years of growing up. Don't always be thinking, oh, I'm so waiting till they get to what? Kindergarten, or I'm so waiting till high school, or I'm so waiting till graduation, so waiting till they get married, or so waiting. Just enjoy each moment. It, when you, you know, when I, like when Joyce and I look back with our kids, wow, that went so fast. You know, when, you're, when they're in the midst of it, it doesn't seem that way, I suppose, but it doesn't, but enjoy each moment. Life travels on so quickly. Treasure the life you have right now with them. Our Father in heaven is doing this with us right now. 
Did you know that? Just like you can enjoy life with your kids and watching them grow and all this, he's doing the same thing with you. He delights in you right now. He loves you right now where you're at. He's not waiting for you to accomplish this thing or do that or be perfect before he's going to love you and enjoy being with you. He created you to have, that he may have fellowship with you, that you can talk to him and he can talk to you, just like he's done now with our kids and grandkids and those around us. He, God, Father, our good, good Father, enjoys watching you grow. He really does. And here's something to think about. He outdoes us as earthly fathers or parents. He actually is thinking about us all the time. He never, he cannot stop thinking about us. At least according to this scripture. Peter, listen to this one. How, pre how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Always there, always thinking about us. And you parents know how you keep an eye on your children to keep them safe, right? To protect them from harm and danger. Our Heavenly Father is always there for us doing the same. He wants us to learn to totally trust with Him with all things in our lives. He wants us to live and serve him and live our lives without worry, fear, and dread. You know, we as parents, we don't want our kids to be filled with worry, fear, and dread if they're going to have food or if they're going to have clothing or all these kind of things. Our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to be that way. Here's another scripture. Peter. That he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. Serving him without fear. Serving him without fear all the days of our life. That's his desire for each of us, his children. And that is really the desire that we have for our children as well, right? Living free from fear. In the midst of life's enemies. We know there's enemies in this life. But not being in fear about it because we know we're being taken care of. And also the aspect of walking in obedience to our Father God and walking in his right paths, as that scripture said. And we want our children to, do, to obey our word to them because we know it will be good for them. And it will bring them good. It will bring them safety. It's for their own good, the things we tell them to do or not do, right? Same with God. That's why he wants us to walk in holiness and right paths. It's for our good. It's not for our sadness. It's for our gladness. And it will benefit us so much. And, of course, our children it will benefit so much if they listen to our words. Thank you, Heavenly Father, you're the same way. 
So, to live serving God without fear all the days of our life and our children not walking and being in fear either. You know, living lives delivered from fear and worry and free from the enemies that can swirl all around us in our daily lives. That's enemies, and I just put down some. These can be enemies. Unforgiveness, bitterness, envy, strife, confusion, hatred, condemnation, sickness, disease, accident, discontent, striving in our own strength or flesh, wrong meditation and thinking patterns, poverty and lack, and you can fill in the blanks. As we walk in the word, as we walk in the light, we have fellowship with him and his peace and his supply and his fullness, his life abundant is ours. But we need to walk in his word. We need to walk in the light. What's walking in the light? Walking in the light is walking in his word and it's walking in the spirit as, a, as opposed to walking contrary to his word and, and as walking in the flesh. The fleshly mind. When we serve the Lord with gladness, it blesses our Heavenly Father. You know, the word serve in the Bible is closely related to worship. We're told in Romans 12, 1, that when we submit our bodies unto him as a living sacrifice, it's like one translation puts it as spiritual worship or our reasonable service. Service, serving of him, is when we walk in obedience. That's serving the Lord. When we do what we know that he would have us do, it blesses him. It ministers to him. It serves. It's a serving of him. Serving him. We serve God by being godly parents to our children. And let me tell you, that's a high calling, being a father or a mother. And thank God he helps us even with our failures. There is nobody here that has not failed as a father or whatever role you are in. That's just the way it is. I mean, nobody's perfect here. But thank God we know the one that is perfect. As we close here today, we just sense the presence of the Holy Spirit coming in a special way to touch people's hearts and maybe even minds are renewing there or there have been words that have been spoken by fathers or others in our lives that have been very hurtful and destructive. Lord, we thank you for your healing balm, your healing power to touch right now. We know that you're here among us now, God.